If you can be seated, be seated. But I'm thankful you're here, and I'm thankful that we are one family together this morning. It's been a blessing as we're in our third week of, of one service together, and we've seen God do amazing things already, and are groundbreaking. You're seeing the progress each and every Sunday as we're seeing things advance and move forward and seeing the vision come alive. Now, we're really not in a series, but how my mind works when I prepare and study, it's usually in a series. So even though I'm preaching messages, usually what happens is we'll kind of take another step the next week. So that's what we're doing. We started off with our groundbreaking. We talked about the harvest. And in order to see the harvest in your life, Faith is seeing, or vision is seeing the seed and the harvest. Before you ever see the harvest, you have to get it in your spirit. Last week, we talked about that there is a heavenly vision. Who's thankful that there is a heavenly vision available for your life? And how Paul encourages us, how do we attain that? That he didn't grow weary, he didn't stop moving forward to attain the heavenly vision that God had for him. Well, I wanna continue on in that train of thought, and I wanna encourage you this morning on owning the vision. Look at your neighbor say, own the vision. Own the vision. vision. You wanna own the vision for your life. This is what we see Paul did, and it's really just a principle that you have to own what we see in the word of God. You just can't let it flippantly pass you by. You can't, I pray you never come to church and you're not leaning in and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you have to speak to me this morning as I bring my worship? In owning the vision, there's, a great story that just speaks of, of a culture from the top to the bottom that really catches the vision. I wanna share it with you. And this was in a visit from President John F. Kennedy where he visited the NASA Space Center in 1962. And as he visited, the story says that he was walking, it was his first time there and he was seeing the different departments and the divisions and seeing how everything operates and seeing just how amazing this project was and and seeing how everything was going and the direction it was moving forward. As he was on the tour, he stepped away from the group of people he was with. And the story says he stepped away and he goes over and he begins to talk to the janitor that was in the facility and in the building. He goes over to the janitor and says the janitor's just mopping and he looks up and there's President Kennedy right in front of him. And this is amazing because Kennedy asks this. He says, what, what are you doing right now? And his, the, the janitor's response is what just caught my attention about this story. So he looks up, the president asks, what, what are you doing? And the man replied, well, Mr. President, I'm helping put a man on the moon. That this janitor had caught the vision that he is not just simply mopping and brooming and cleaning. He is playing part of something much bigger that's going on of helping put a man on the moon. Now, when we are talking about owning the vision, this was a man that owned the vision. And my prayer is, is that when you read the word of God, you see the miracles of Jesus, you see the works of the Holy Spirit, that you would own it for yourself, that there would be that relationship that you're thriving in, that he's speaking to you, he's He's cleansing you. You're in this place of repentance and renewal that you're allowing the whole fullness of the gospel and the word of God that you're owning it in your life. This is really a thought that came to me 
in talking about vision. And what I wanna encourage you with is that you don't grow weary in your vision, what you feel, that heavenly vision that God has given you. But it's this, it's we underestimate what we can do long-term and we overestimate what we can do in the short term. Anybody ever been there before? That we kind of put a lot of our energy, effort, and focused with a short-term mindset, but we kind of forget the long game that it takes of seeing the vision come about. You know, I was thinking of really to where I'm at today, just in my life and my journey, is I was on the shelf and Pastor Joyce had reminded me of a Bible she had gotten me. And this was one of my first Bibles I had gotten. And this Bible has been with me on over 10 mission trips, traveled with me to college, to the different parts of my life I've held on to this. And it was a seed that was planted in my life. And I looked and this Bible was given to me in 2004 from Pastor Joyce and she said this, she said, always remember God loves you. He hears your prayers and will answer. He is always there for you. My prayer for you is that you will serve him all the days of your life. I love you, Garrett, and I'm so proud of you. Love, Nanny. And there's times when you grow weary in the vision or you begin to forget. But how many of you know when you get a sense of God using someone to affirm you or God himself through his word affirming you, getting you to move forward, getting you to stay faithful in that direction. And what I am so thankful for from my parents to my grandmother to so many of you who have been mothers and fathers to me is you didn't say, oh, one day Garrett's gonna be the pastor or one, we're gonna push him in this direction. One th- I'm thankful is that they planted the word of God into my life. And like 1 Peter 2, 24 says, the word of the Lord endures forever. That this is what we build our life on. It never fades, it never lets us down, that his promises are always true. That I begin to catch this vision in my life. And I think where it was dated 2004, and I think through the times of, conversations then moving into college and I can remember calling back here talking with Pastor Joyce the the leaders in our church saying when are we going to build this school I'm I want to be a part of what God is doing this was 2009 2010 and now fast forwarding as we are really on the brink of 2020 which is full of so much in and of itself which means a clear vision that I pray as you enter into 2020 that you things you you have been delaying or putting off, that you would get the clear vision of God, you would own the vision, and that you would go for it. And that's what I've seen God begin to do and bless, that is, we put all the planning and talking, now we're seeing the fruit of owning the vision of it. And we're all a part of it together here, talking of being a part of a church family. Some quotes on vision I want you to catch. And this is from P.K. Bernard. It says, a man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. There's a lot packed there in that statement. Another quote here for you is, vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Vision gives pain a purpose. See, if you don't have vision, your pain is gonna overwhelm you, it's gonna overtake you. But when you have vision, it gives, when you're in the seasons of pain, it gives it great purpose. Those without vision you will see take the path of least resistance in their life. Vision of the future gives your present physical discomfort meaning and purpose. Here's another thing about vision. Vision is not just what you see, but it's the way in which you see. 
Jesus, he says this, we see in the word of God, that what we perceive and, and what we understand, how our heart is, is really the eyes to our soul. That's why it says to guard our hearts. Where many times, right now, you're seeing me, but how you're perceiving it is usually what's in your heart. So you can be hearing this vision, but you've not seen vision come to pass in your life, so how you're perceiving it is through doubt, through unbelief. Uh, that's great what this pastor's saying, but I've believed God or I've stepped out for God before and I haven't seen it come to pass. So you're hearing and seeing one thing, but how you're processing it is what you've allowed to be in your heart. Maybe it's through a filter of bitterness or unforgiveness or hurt or pain. So guarding our heart, that's why it's so important that it look and be like Jesus and made in the image of God. So then when, when we get that heavenly vision, it's perceived and it's processed through the heart of God. The passage of scripture I wanna get into this morning that I believe is so relevant for where we're at, for what, where our church is at, our culture, our world, is Romans 13, 11 through 14. And I want you to see as, as Paul is talking here, and I love how the message version brings it to us this morning. Romans 13, verse 11 says this, it says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day by day obligations. Anybody already convicted right there? I think that is where a lot of us find ourselves. That's life. So, so it's saying don't get absorbed or exhausted in this so that you don't lose track of the time and doze off oblivious to God. The night is about over and dawn is about to break. Look what Paul says, he says, be up and awake to what God is doing. I love this here because this is where we're all at. God is putting the finishes, finishing touches on the salvation work he began and when we first believed. You know, when I think about the three parts of salvation, and I could get preaching on this, but we're not in a message on salvation, but there was, I am saved, I'm being saved, I will be saved. In other words, there's the moment of justification where we're saved from the penalty of sin. Anybody thankful you've been justified in the house this morning? You've been saved from the penalty of sin. But then we know one day we're gonna be saved from the very presence of sin, that sin's not gonna have any touch or effect when we're in glory, or in other words, it's known as glorification. So there's justification. We wanna, one day we'll end up in glorification. But we know that you and I here on the earth and where we're at today of the being saved, that there's this sanctifying work, there's sanctification that's taking place in our lives in the here and now. And so what Paul is saying don't lose heart, don't lose the vision, don't get so caught up that you don't see that I'm sanctifying you. Vision is gonna give you pain or purpose in the middle of the pain because sanctifying can many times look like discipline. It can look uh, in, in a way of, of being corrected and it's easy to lose heart or it's easy to check out and say, I'm done, this is too hard. But when you have the vision of what God is doing, it gives you purpose in the middle of pain. Look what else it says. It says we can't afford to waste a minute. So he's saying you've got to own this vision. You, you can't just lackadaisical in your walk with God. Be lazy. It says we must not squander these precious daylight hours being frivolous and, and, and being caught up in indulgence and sleeping around and being in a state of dissipation and bickering and grabbing everything in sight. See, when you don't have vision, you just 
go for everything you see, what it feels good, if it looks good, if it smells good, I, I want it. But when you have vision, you're very focused and you know what is of God and what is not of God. You're strategic in how you are living your life. Look what it says, it says get out of bed and get dressed. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Show up at the beginning of your day. Get out of bed and get dressed. It says don't loiter and linger. See, I think this is a work of the enemy where you might not see it, but if he can get you just lingering and lazy and getting you just kind of whatever about life, then he's got you here. But it's saying when, you have, when you're owning the vision, this can't be part of, of your story. Be aware, be woke, be awake. Get out of bed, get dressed, don't loiter, don't linger, waiting until the very last minute. And here's the power in the scripture. It says, dress yourselves in Christ. Be up and about. Or maybe how you have had memorized it in the New King James, it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I'm telling you, if any more and any time, the word of the Lord to us is we need to be dressed in Christ. We need to be putting him on each and every day. If we wanna have a 2020, if we wanna own the vision, if we wanna be clear, it comes through putting on Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul is saying, to dress yourself in Christ. The big idea I wanna encourage you with this morning is this, is the ways you let in to your life are the ways that you become set in. We see all throughout the Bible that the, the eyes, what we let through our eyes or what we consume or what goes through our ears, that many of the times what is caught, we hear many times in, in leadership too, that leadership isn't taught, it's usually caught. Think about your relationship with your parents, that many times how you react, how you process things, maybe your views on money, how you parent, is what you caught growing up from your parents. And so what we have to be to guard the heavenly vision that God gives us to own it, we gotta be careful for what ways are we set in. Now you've heard it said too, oh, they're just caught up in their ways or they're set in their ways. Now that's not always a bad thing. When you're set in good ways, there's good discipline, there's good pattern, there's good habits that can come from that. But it's like a golf swing. When I came back from college and lost my golf swing and picked up such bad habits, when I tried to swing the club with these bad habits, my dad looked at me and he said, what in the world happened to you? <laughs> so you see, when there's ways that we have led in without realizing it, they, we can become set in those ways. And we can see ourselves, we're wondering why we're stuck or we, at the beginning of the year said, I'm gonna make these changes in my life, but I'm still in the same path, I'm still in the same trajectory, I'm still making the same choices and getting the same results. And so I wanna share several points with you this morning that I believe are gonna encourage you to own God's vision for your life, to really take hold of it, to walk in it. Because I'm aware even this time of year as we're going into the holidays, many times people enjoy it, but then there's other groups and parts of your family or dynamics that are not so enjoyable. And it can, we were praying an intercessory prayer this morning, breaking the power of, of the enemy wanting to isolate, make you depressed, make you lonely coming up against those things where the enemy wants to move. And so when you have, what I'm saying is when you have vision, as we said, it gives you purpose through discomfort. It gives you purpose to get through tough seasons in your life. 
Number one is this, and we see scripture say loud and clear, and what we have to have in the heavenly vision is time is not on our side. How many of you know time is, is moving? Time does not wait on any one of us. That time is not on our side. When you look at the Greek and you see different parts of the word of God that talks about time, there's time referred to as kairos, and it's used 86 times in the New Testament. And kairos refers to an opportune time. It refers to a moment or a season such as a harvest time. We also see chronos used over 54 times in the New Testament, which refers to a specific amount of time. So looking at your watch, that's chronos time. There's the kairos, that's a moment in time when the door's going to shut or the door's going to open. So understanding how time works really gives you insight into having heavenly vision for your life. Look what scripture has to say about this, Psalms 39.5. It says, indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths. So in other words, one translation says that your life is about as long as your hand. That to put it in perspective, and, and I, I like that because we usually see our hands, it's a physical part of our body we see every day. So it should be a great reminder when you look at your hand That'd be a reminder, life is short. The decision, decisions I'm making, is it gonna get me to where I, I feel God is wanting me to get? Do I have time to be caught up in that? And I love it here too because it gives a pause. That when you see that word, it's to pause in his presence. So when David is saying this, that you should be reading this slowly and musing on it, chewing on it, and then take a moment and pause in the presence of God and allow it to sink in into your life. Psalms 90.10 says this as well. It says, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years, and this is why we need vision, we have to own it, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Time is fleeting. Time waits on no one. It even says that in your best years, there's no absence of pain. There's no absence of trouble that we're still gonna process and deal with this in our life. Psalms 90, 12, look what it says. It says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In other words, teach us how to interpret life properly. How many of you know if you don't have the right pretext and you're gonna miss the right context? If you don't know how to properly interpret this game or this journey of life, then you can miss so much of what God is wanting to do because you're not even playing on the right page. You're not getting the right blueprint or the right instruction. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to get so caught up in just grabbing everything that comes your way, being indulgent in things that make your flesh feel good. And by using that as a tool to get you completely off of what the real vision, the heavenly vision that God wants us to own in our lives. Someone said this to me, once as well, and, and especially having kids, they always say it goes by so quickly. They also said the older you get, the quicker life goes. Time just goes, it, it, it gets with, it, it just goes. Look what First Peter 24 through 25 says, and I, again, I just want you to see this scripture this morning to get it in your spirit that time is about as long as your hand, so let's make the most of it. Let's steward it well. It says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass wither and the flower fades. So it's saying here, humanity is frail. It's temporary. That we 
are in this world, but we're not of it. You've uh, seen and heard it too, where on a tombstone, when you have the date they were born and the date they died, it's that tiny dash in between that represents our lives. But here's what I love, and this is what the hope and the truth that we have. Look at verse 25. What does it say? It says, but the word of the Lord remains forever. That that's the good news we have. That's why we build our, our lives on the internal, secure, divine revelation of the word of God. That when you build your life on this, you're stewarding your time well. When you're building your life on the heavenly vision and the word of God, that's where you will have a sense of security and a sense of foundation in your life. I love this point here, and I think it's so true, but number two is this, if you're taking notes, is the future you is an exaggerated version of current you. I've come to find as I look at really the last 10 years of my life that many times you can romanticize the future. Anybody ever been there before? Like you think of, I wonder what I'll be like in five years. I wonder what this portion of my life will look like. Will I have lost some weight? Will I, I, I maybe have a better tan? No, you'll probably gain weight and you'll probably be a little more, a little more white and pasty like myself with my dad bod. Come on, dads, you, you hear me. But many times what I want you to see here is the future you is an exaggerated version of yourself. Don't get caught up in just romanticizing the future. Yes, there's a portion of mystery, but the choices you're making today, you can get some direction that that's what your life is gonna look like tomorrow or six months from now or a year from now. So it's really just an exaggerated version of who you are today. The thing I know too is that as life goes on, as time goes on, it has a way of deepening and maturing you. So if you're walking in kindness or you're walking in the fruits of the spirit, you're walking in joy, you're making a conscious decision of that, then it's a good determiner or a good parameter to see that, okay, a year from now, two years, three years from now, that I'm probably gonna be a li- uh, much kinder. It's gonna deepen and it's gonna mature in me. But see, on the other side, if you're walking in hate or there's anger or there's unbelief, if, if you struggle with fear or anxiety, if you're not confronting that, if you're not dressing in Christ, getting the heavenly vision, owning the vision, then it's a good way to see that it's probably gonna deepen and mature in your life as well. So it works on both sides. That's why, again, Paul says you have to dress in Christ each and every day. This is good. Time doesn't change who you are. It reveals who you are and makes you more of who you are. I think that's a healthy understanding of time. That it, time just doesn't change us. It reveals really who we are as we live life and as we're put in the fire. Just like James says, consider it pure joy. Because as time goes, as you walk through things, it's gonna show you where your faith is at. It's the testing of your faith. Proverbs eleven twenty seven says this, if you search for good, you will find favor. Somebody say amen to that. If you're gonna search for good, if you're making an attempt to dress in Christ, you're going to find favor on your life. But look at the other side. If you search for evil, it will find you. See, that's why we wanna be believers, followers of Christ, that are faith-filled, spirit-filled, that we have this optimism that if, as I search for good, I'm going to find favor. And if I search for evil, it has a way of finding me. Proverbs 26, 27 says, if you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. 
If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. This is really the paradox of what we see in scripture. Jesus even says this in Matthew 7 too, and I th- it says it so well in the message. It says, um, it says that a critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. You ever thrown a boomerang, seen a boomerang before? That if you're critical and, and being critical of each and everything and everybody in your life and, and you're commenting and being critical, you're texting and being critical, that it has a way, Jesus says, of boomeranging back on you. And I, I, this was just revelation to me as I was studying this, that if we really get this in our spirit of the paradox of it where we're wanting being critical of one thing, but we're, the, the life principle is you reap what you sow. It boomerangs back on you, either good or evil. You've heard it said, you are what you eat, you become who you hang around. You are what you watch, and you reap what you sow. But see, here's the good news is, and this is what I want you to get in your spirit as you're walking this out. If you don't like what you're getting, change what you're doing. It's that simple. If you don't like what you're getting, change what, you do, what you're doing. I think we, we're too afraid of change or we're too afraid of stepping out or, or getting in a new, a new routine. If you don't like what you're getting, change what you're doing. It can be one of the most simplest but one of the most pr- profound things you can do each and every day in your life. Number three is this, and as I close, it's ongoing consistency is much more important than short-term intensity. Ongoing consistency is always slow and steady wins the race, right? That this life, this game of life is not a sprint, it is a journey, it's not about getting to a destination. It's again, when you think of salvation, we're justified the moment we say, Father, forgive me. I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. We pray that prayer. But then before we ever get to glorification, we are going through this process of sanctification. So ongoing consistency, getting in church every Sunday, getting in the word of God, making the things of God a priority in your life is much more important than showing up for Easter and for Christmas, okay? Those are always pastor woes. I gotta say them. We wanna see you in church every week. But ongoing consistency is much more important than short-term intensity. What does that mean? It, it's, it's ongoing. It's being steady, slow, measured, consistent. Albert Einstein has something powerful to say about this, and it's, it's amazing. You either love it or you hate it, but he says he considers this the eighth wonder of the world. What he considers is the eighth wonder of the world is this, and that's compound interest. Here's what he says in a quote. He says, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it, but he who doesn't pays it, i.e. 20% on your credit card bills. If you understand it and you get the heart of it, it can benefit you greatly. But many of us, we find ourselves on the other side of compound interest and it taking from us. And he considers this the eighth wonder of the world. And as we started this off, Really at the beginning of the year, we showed really the compound interest effect from the domino effect of a, of a small domino, one decision, and how it hits another one just a little bigger and a little bigger until it breaks down something huge, breaks down the massive domino. That's what I want you to be encouraged is every decision you make each and every day is of infinite importance. Every choice that we make because it's that compound interest effect that each and every day when you wake up, you make a decision to get in your word, to pray for five minutes. You're going to reap the effect of that. 
So again, ongoing consistency is always more important than short-term intensity. The great C.S. Lewis even said this. He said, good and evil both increased at compound interest. Good and evil both increased at compound interest. If you want to see the things of God get bigger and stronger and more present in your life, start with the little decisions and stay consistent in it. Stay faithful in it. And I guarantee you, you will see the reward of it. You will see the benefit of it. It might be the tiny domino. You might be in that stage. But understand that God works in progress. Understand, again, that you are in that sanctification place and you got to trust God through it. I want to pray this for you this morning. Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20 says this, and this is what it all boils down to. And this is when we see in the Ten Commandments, the Ten Gifts, we did a series on that. This is a point I drove forward in that. It says in Scripture, it says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death. Anybody know that, know that there's good and there's evil, there's life and death? It's set before us. So bring vision into the, the conversation here. When you're owning the vision, you're able to discern, is this gonna bring life into my world, into my life, or is this gonna bring death and cursing into my life? So God is saying, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says it so plain and simple. Hello, choose life. Therefore, choose life. Do this and you're gonna live. That both of you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, so he's giving instruction. As you do this, love the Lord your God. Obey his voice. Cling to him, for he is your life. And that the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. That you may live in that place of God pouring into you, him speaking to you. But you do it by clinging to him, by obeying his voice. And I'm telling you, if you can take just this simple message and own God's vision for your life, you're gonna see when because here's the, the amazing thing we have is having the Holy Spirit. You're gonna see what may seem natural, the supernatural come into your life because you serve a God who wants to see you succeed. You serve a God who wants to see you move forward. But many times we believe the lies of the enemy. We believe the lies that God's not for you. God doesn't want to see you accomplish this. God's angry at you or you did this so now you're gonna get this. I'm telling you, go back to the basics as you begin to pray, and that's what Paul said, don't get absorbed in everyday life that you miss the heavenly vision on your life. If you'd stand to your feet this morning, I wanna pray this blessing over you. Do this and you'll live. I wanna pray for this heavenly vision. And many of you came forward as we had altar time last week where we imparted, we said, Holy Spirit, renew my vision. And so as it's been renewed, now take it and own it and walk in it and praying that you get a clarity of heart. If you just bow your head, close your eyes, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that the way maker is here among us this morning. Father, we ask in a spirit of faith, we release our faith, we stretch our faith right now. God, we ask that as you said in Deuteronomy 30, do this and you will live. Look, I lay before you life and death. Father, we ask by the power of the Holy Spirit as we dress ourselves in Christ this morning that we choose life. We choose the heavenly vision. We choose not to be evil and, and walk in a critical spirit or walk in a spirit of anger because it has a way of boomeranging back to us. 
but God, we choose to follow your ways. God, let us not get lost in just romanticizing the future, but let us be focused and be present in the now because if we're not present in the now, our future will never change. God, let us be faithful and steward what you've put before us now. Father, I declare breakthrough that it would happen in the lives of your people, those standing in faith this morning, those watching online, that breakthrough would take place as we're faithful, as we're consistent. That short burst, intense short burst may be good for a season, but it won't sustain. We wanna be slow, steady, matured in the word of God. We thank you, God, for doing this work within us. We dress in Christ this morning. In the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen. 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 Well, God bless you. You can be seated this morning.